Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. live on Joy 94.9 Saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash listen live or tune your wireless in Melbourne to 94.9 FM. Techno Gaze, a show where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics, gadgets, and technology. My name is Mark, <laughs> and with me in the studio is Raina. Hello, Raina. Howdy. How are you today? You know, I've been better. Yeah? It's, oh. You can tell the weather's coming, catching oh, colds. It's that time of year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And also in the studio, we've, um, we've got Michael as well. Hello, Michael. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> Why are we giggling? We haven't started yet. It was a bit of an explosive start to the show, wasn't it? It was a bit of an anticlimax, I thought. <laughs> all, those, all those thatched roofs we keep setting on fire or something. <laughs> um, I've been told not to do that. I've been told not to play the matches. Mm, mm, it's good advice, I think, kids. Now, on today's show... We are, we've, we've gone back to normal pro- programming this week with, uh, of course, with the typical gang that uh, join you for Techno Gaze on a day like today. Is there something normal about Techno Gaze? Well, every, we, we do venture off into the um, into other areas, don't we, like we did earlier in the week, Michael? Techno Gaze After Dark, for anyone who tuned in on Thursday night at what, 9.30? That's yes. right. There was a little bit of a guest appearance, wasn't there? There was a bit, yes. I think it might have been. Would it be in the podcast? I wonder if it's... Um, Wonder if it's there. If you want to hear me say things that I've never said before on air, and this is of course part of hide and seek. Yes, yes, the boys on hide and seek. Of course, Arvi is is one of the the boys from hide and seek, and mm. he is also and friend a friend of Techno Gaze. Indeed. So you know, it's all about cross pollination, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. Now, on today's show for Techno Gaze, we have for you a bit of an April Fool's roundup, don't we? Um, Yes, it's always something that uh, that a lot of the tech companies do, and a lot of the news sites and everything as well is is play some pretty excellent pranks mm. for, uh, for April Fool's Day. So we'll cover that. We we should do a whole show of April Fool's Day pranks, all the things they would like to hear, but we haven't heard. Yes, but just to stuff people around, we should do it in August or something. Yes. <laughs> now, also we've um, we've talked about the Oculus Rift before, 
Um, Oculus was, of course, bought out by Facebook in a very surprise announcement a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, there's a bit of fallout from that, from the geek community. So Am I allowed to say there's a rift amongst the user hey. base? Uh, where's my um, boom, boom. <laughs> boom, 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 yes. <laughs> no, I won't do that one. Oh, hang on, I'll do this one. No, no, can't hear that one. Okay. Damn, it didn't work. Um, <laughs> so, what else have we got on? <laughs> uh, Microsoft. They've done a yes. few things over the past couple of weeks as well. They've released a version of their Office, their flagship Office mm-hmm. suite for touch devices. Oddly enough, their own touch devices weren't really included in the demo, though. Which seemed very non-Microsoft, I think. It does, doesn't it? Mm. Um, and they'll be putting it into support for Windows XP, which is yes. long-awaited. So, But mm. nobody uses XP these days, do they? <laughs> well, apparently about a third of us do, so we'll be talking about that. We have lots of interesting stats on that one. Now, uh, and later we'll have Jason from Sydney joining us on the phone to discuss, well, phones. I'm excited. So... Do stay tuned because that um, there are a few new phones coming out. The Samsung S5, yep, mm. HTC One M8, or M8, Mate? which looks Mate. really Mate. good, actually. They both do, mm. don't they? Some interesting features there, and uh, Jason's all across that. So we've um, we'll have him on the phone to uh, to bring us up to date with that. Now, if you do want to contact us while you're in the studio here, you can do so by texting us. You sure can. It's oh four two seven joy nine four nine, or you can give us a call. One three hundred joy nine four nine. You can email us on air at joy.org.au. You yes. can also tweet us at technogaze. T e c h n o g a z e. You could like our Facebook page as well. Yes, please everybody like our else, Facebook page. Everybody else is doing it. Why aren't you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it just sounded like the thing to say. Now, um, April 1st. Oh, too funny. Yes. So, so that- I, I always look forward to these because, um, and even sometimes I've played a few myself. Pranks, that is. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of notable uh, pranks that were were in, and, and a few local companies doing it this, this year, which is not usual. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of happened a few times, but I've, I've got to say, geez. So um, three three telcos, um, two big ones and one little one, um, all played the same prank. This is my favourite. All played the same prank announcement and said, we're going to have Wi-Fi connected or, or 4G connected dogs. Yes. But they all did it. Little pets, collars and, or that And this is this is the weird thing. If you look at it on Facebook, they did it on 7 a.m. And then the other one did it at 7.15. Not 16, not 23. <laughs> and the other one did it at 7.30, almost like somebody had scheduled this to happen. Or perhaps they hadn't planned anything and they said, oh, let's copy that. It sounds good. <laughs> so do you think it is actually a collaborative thing that they all got together and said, hey, let's do it all as, as a marketing campaign? It maybe, just- maybe some full of themselves social media marketing Knob told everybody to do the same thing at some drunken meetup <laughs> and forgot. I don't know. Hey, mate, I've had this great idea. Actually, I think Jason had a had a had a sort of theory behind it as well. He was suggesting that perhaps it was a um, uh, some sort of actual product, uh, you know, pitched to the three telcos. Oh, okay. And the telcos possibly just went. Ha ha ha! That's so funny. We're going to store that away as an April Fool's joke instead, and 
have then therefore none. But it does sound a bit too synchronised, right? The point of 7 o'clock, 7.15 and 7.30 on April Fool's Day. Look, I did some community work, like social work. Um, social work. Social media work. No, <laughs> yes. no, nothing Nothing is high. I was actual social work. My goodness, I'm not that cool. Um but, you know, we used to do that all the time. So we'd schedule stuff. And if you, I mean, you know, you just say, oh, I'm not going to be at work at 7 o'clock, but I want to have that prank ready for everybody to look out on the bus, then, yeah, I'll schedule it for 7 o'clock. Mm. I mean, if you felt like being, you know, a little bit sort of slightly sneaky, you could do it at 7.03.48 or whatever. But yeah, um, it just, it, I don't know, it just reads like they all came up with the same silly joke. They've probably all got different schedules about when they wanted to post their morning prank. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now they're doing that. Yeah. It must have been at the uh, mobile telcos user group meeting where they discussed this. Yeah, it could be. But it gets better. Um, so uh, Google Maps had my favourite. Ah, uh, yes. If you opened up Google Maps on your smartphone... I suspect you might be a, a fan of a certain pop culture um, element of the 90s, would you say? I, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there that I do really still dig Pokemon and... I'm over 30, but that's okay. <laughs> and uh, no, if you if you opened up Google Maps, right, you could go looking for Pokemon all around the world. And they did this huge video that was like, yeah, we're going to, you know, here at Google, we're interested in getting the very best, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, we want to hire some Pokemon trainers. Mm. And so you can prove your, uh, your worth as a Pokemon trainer by um, using the Google Maps application to go and find 150 Pokemon. Um, and in fact, if you if you are or you were a Pokemon fan, it's not the hundred and fifty that were originally. That would be like a bit a bit of a mix of all of them. But um, what a cool prank that was! That was so cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I did see some people on Facebook boasting that they actually got all hundred and fifty of them. Was it? Yeah, and I mean they were in the same place for everybody. They weren't just sort of randomly scattered. So um, lots of people were swapping tips. Like, oh, I, I saw one in you know Vatican. Or I saw one at, at you know. Um, Rocky Mountain or whatever like that. So, nice. you know, they're swapping all those on Why on don't they media. insert Pokemon into the Google Street View? Mm. That would be really cool. Actually, the video showed, I was a little bit disappointed when you couldn't actually do this for real with the Street View, but the video showed um, somebody holding up their smartphone and seeing a Pokemon through it. Right. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um we just had a tweet from Jason, in fact, says half the planet clearly still digs Pokemon. How many Pokemon did you find? Mm. It's, it's, well, uh, look, how many bear, did you find? Bearing in mind that it was a work day, I don't feel too bad about this. Um, I found 80. <laughs> <laughs> Should you be saying this on air? <laughs> this is during your lunch break, of course. Of course. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Uh, what else? Kogan apparently had some uh, drone broadband network. <laughs> drone broadband network. So we've we've often said as a bit of a joke, like it would actually be faster than the NBN to get, you know, homing pigeons and chuck thumb drives <laughs> on their little ankles. Well, this goes one better and it actually gets a drone and a four terabyte hard drive. <laughs> the idea being that you can transport lots and lots of data in a hurry yeah. using these drones, which are already in the air. It's It's actually... Almost quite a serious concept. Well, except that you'd have to buy a new four terabyte hard drive every time every you want time. to transport um, and, some of that. But the drone is free. I'm sure Kogan would be very happy to facilitate that buying process. That's right. <laughs> Latency on your voice over IP calls may be a bit of a problem. Mm. <laughs> Jason's <laughs> very uh, active on our Twitter feed, I might add. <laughs> my, my he, he found five and got bored. Sorry, five? <laughs> five. Clearly he's not a, a Pokemon fan. <laughs> Obviously if, not the right generation. I, I think we should have a competition on Twitter. If, <laughs> if, if, if you uh, had uh, participated in the, the Pokemon challenge on Google Maps, then uh, tell us what your 
your count was. How many did you find? <laughs> we, now, we could have a high score segment. <laughs> Flappy boy, birds and Pokemon. Oh, my goodness. Now, this, this last one, I'll say really quickly, if you're a big fan of the Hoff, then Google Plus oh, was yes. automatically inserting... <laughs> the Hoff into into various pictures. Um, it was pretty great. I've it's, got to say, it looks really pretty good. well done. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, Jason has a few photos that he had, and this is part of their their um, photo storage process. So it actually automatically, as soon as you took a photo on on your Google phone, it would add the Hoff into the photo <laughs> for the the stored version on on the cloud. So good. Somebody at Google has a Hoff fetish. Mm, well. Yeah. You're listening to Technogaze here on Joy 94.9, where we're covering some of the latest in technology, gadgets, and consumer electronics, and we'll have more of that in just a few moments. This is Technogaze on Joy 94.9, where we like to talk about April Fools. (laughs) Or fools, Uh, generally. I I didn't fall for any of them this time, I have to say, all all the... uh, various jokes, not just the, the tech jokes, but but other ones. I, I think I fell for one last year, which I was very annoyed about. I did fall for one this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Metafilter.com has a section called Ask Metafilter where you go for your problems. And and all, it, all of the questions got replaced with characters from books, but it was really quite subtle. And the one that I got sucked in with was uh, some user called Call Me Owl talking about their drinking problem. You know, things suddenly get large and then other things get small and right. yada yada and hallucinations about bugs and everything. And I'm like, you know, oh, there's a good Alice in Wonderland joke to be made. Oh, uh. I was halfway <laughs> through typing my comment. I'm like, wait a minute. See what that they did there. Oh, I felt like such a noob. Oh, as long as you didn't hit the submit button. Right? <laughs> Plenty of people did. <laughs> now, um, this wasn't a joke. On to some, uh, I guess, more serious news. Um, apps, uh, sorry, Apple. Mm-hmm. Mm. Samsung so, and Apple are at it, as they have been for the past, I don't know, ever since the iPhone came out, really. I think about a million years now. They've just, it's one of those eternal mm. struggles that people talk about. How many lawyers are making gazillions out of this? Ah, that's what Clearly they live for. You'd think that they'd get together and say, look, let's settle it out of court because all we're doing is paying millions anyway to these lawyers. Let's pay, let's save the money. The well, that's, that's the thing. I don't think it's the money for Samsung and Apple. Like, this is pocket change for them. It's I, the principle. I think, particularly from Apple, they, they tend to um, make it quite emotional in the sense of, oh, we know we, this is what we did is actually right, and we are right, and they, you know, we are very righteous as well. But so. is this in the best interests of their shareholders? Hmm. Well, I, hmm. if they feel that they're protecting their shareholders' value... Um, by protecting these, and these are utility patents this time, so this isn't hardware design um, mm. and uh, and stuff. And I guess there's there's quite a lot of that stuff going on. Um, so and so Apple's suing Samsung for that, and Samsung's countersuing for other kinds of infringement. And they're not asking for many damages really at all. They're just they're literally just putting their foot down because mm. it seems like it's so probably the right thing to do. Um, so it's going to go for about a month. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been a few sort of interesting. Aspects to this, I guess, uh, from a gossip point of view, the, the interesting thing, of course, is it's it's the court cases being held in the US, and the US have to to uh, explain to um, the jurors of a court um, 
how the patent system works. They have a video, in fact, to, they do. to show they, that off. They have a very educational video, and uh, and in that video it talks about, you know, how there are different things that lead to different innovations, and to demonstrate that they're using an Apple II, and then an Apple Macintosh, <laughs> and then a, an Apple iPad. Hang on a minute. And this, an Apple iPhone. <laughs> this is a case between Samsung and Apple, and they're explaining the way the patent system works using Apple products. Well, they're not naming Apple, but if you know what you're looking for, as, are, as we do. Yes, they are very careful. <laughs> in the video footage to not have any brand names in it, but you can tell no, that it is a, an iPad and a very distinctive design. appearances. Or yes. some would actually argue that, of course, because Samsung uh, copy <laughs> the, the design of Apple products... Oh, they're more, you, therefore, they're the same. It may can in you, fact, in fact tell the difference? <laughs> but, sorry, shouldn't we uh, wait for the court to decide whether they are, in fact, copying before we just assume they are and show... Well, this is part examples. of the arguments. I think the initial arguments from Apple is they've actually said, Samsung, their entire business model is in fact to copy our products. Well, that's right. That's, that's what they're there. alleging. So they're saying, and I mean, that's that's something that people have people said about um, <laughs> so, about Samsung generally, but I mean about Korean businesses mm. in generally as well. It's, no, it's no one could accuse Samsung of copying Apple in, in terms of the Gear Watch. Well, that's true, <laughs> and Apple, to my knowledge, has never made a microwave. Or a fridge, so <laughs> there is some stuff that maybe they don't copy from Apple, but um, but yeah, they're, they're sort of implying that, that that's being built right in, and uh, and you know to the argument where people say, oh, but Google makes the apps, Google blah blah blah. Um, the the counsel from Apple says, well, it's it's Samsung doing it, um, and they're the ones that are infringing, etc. So, and there was no issue about showing this video. Uh, well, I guess it was an, an issue since there was a little bit of a complaint about it, but the judge said, no, nah, we're showing that. And honestly, like if you watch both videos, and, and we can probably always post the links as well, um, if you watch the videos, you can certainly see why the uh, the new one would be an improvement on the old one because it looks like it's straight from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, so that's um, Apple versus Samsung, of course. It's, you know, it's good to know that they're still at it. <laughs> the little boys fighting in the corner. That's right. Oh, little, well, the big boys. I think Jason put it very, very um, poignantly, actually, in the notes here. <laughs> Does anyone any, uh, uh, even care yeah, anymore? That's is it, right. Is it something that we should uh, be concerning ourselves with? It's, it's interesting, though, just a bit of gossip here and there. <laughs> but there are a lot of people who do care about Oculus Rift. Yes. And why is that the case? Tell me. Well, because they, they, they started off as a Kickstarter project, didn't they? They, they started off as being a, um, you know, a, a grassroots sort of, if you put money into this, we'll, we'll, get you, we'll get you your product that you really want because we're, we're going to be so good at making it. And, of course, we're talking about an Oculus Rift. And the Oculus Rift is a headset, which um, a virtual reality system, which um, sits on your head. And it is very, very responsive. Yes. As in... Extraordinary. So it's not like your your '90s version of this. It's actually um, programmable. It, it, it as well. felt real good to try it out. Mm. I tell you what. Did you a PAX to... last year? Gasp! Gasp! Now it's pretty sweet. I I mean I know I know that there are a few people who have bought uh, the dev kit um, in Australia, but I personally was not one of them because it's a lot of money and I'm not a dev of games. But um, wow! But anyway, Facebook's bought them up. They have Much for cash. two billion dollars. Just a, was it was it in cash or share swap? Do you know? I think it was a bit of bit of everything. Bit of both, yeah. All, all the you know the usual from tech company. company. <laughs> so thing. why are all the rifters complaining? Well, because they actually put into this um, product into the Kickstarter um, uh, campaign 
thinking that it was, you know, a small little company. It wasn't this massive behemoth that is Facebook, you know, and their advertising network ways. You know, it's it's actually they they kind of think that it's it's not really what they signed up for in the but, first place. But they, but they signed off to get a product. They did. And are they still getting the product? Well, this is the thing, right? With Kickstarter, there's actually no... There's no guarantee. No guarantee of any of that sort of thing happening. And now you would expect that Facebook at least would deliver on that promise as the owners. What brings to light the whole point of, okay, it's a Kickstarter project. There's really no obligation on the company who's who kicks off the Kickstarter project to... to do anything in particular. It's it's right. simply just an idea. Mm. Um, there's no obligation to say, "Hey, we're going to not sell out to a big company like Facebook," in you know, in a way that you might think is 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 not expected. But to me, there's there's a difference between ripping off somebody where you might start on purpose a Kickstarter campaign, take the money, and say, "Oh, sorry, people, it hasn't worked," and you run away with the money, compared to. Delivering on the promise and then the organisation being bought out by somebody else, you're not buying ownership of the company when you subscribe to Kickstarter. No, no you're, but you're, you're committing to buy a product. Or yeah, whatever for it is. something as exciting as the Oculus Rift, yeah, you're not actually paying legitimate money to own it, but you are paying in the sense that you are supporting them. They are really grateful. You know, you might have got a t shirt or, a, you know, a key ring or, or, you know, an actual kit or whatever. Mm. You're emotionally invested. And I think that's where a lot of this anger is coming from. I don't think people are actually saying, well, I paid to be a part of it. Um, they didn't really, but so they're feeling it's hurting. The so feels. Do we have little children thrown a sukinana. <laughs> I would argue that it's. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be targeted by Oculus Rifters now, and death threats are going to pour in. Mm. Uh, well, and that's actually happened, right? So the the guy who runs Oculus, uh, who who sold out, uh, mm. quote unquote, is actually getting death threats. In really, from from all of this. Yeah, because some people are just mean. Mm. Um, I mean, just sort of, there, there was an article uh, or, or a blog post rather um, by one of the Forbes bloggers who was saying, well, you know, um, the company's been sold for this much. You know, there are a lot of angry people, blah, blah, blah. Like, what is, what is the message that sends about Kickstarter? Mm. What sort of blowback does that, you know, have on them as well? Because there are some people now that, as well as, you know, getting snarly about Oculus, are actually getting really surly about Kickstarter as well. It's like, well, what do I do now? Mm. It's very simple. As well as uh, getting your product from Kickstarter, maybe they should offer a percentage of the company. That would make it a much more complex transaction, I suspect. <laughs> it just, sure just, would. A, just a little bit. I think I'd rather just fling someone five bucks and not ever worry about it, to be frank. Actually, how much, do you know how much the Oculus Rift kits were? They were quite a lot of money, I think. Twelve hundred or something. Yeah, so it was, ser- it was serious money. It wasn't fifty or a hundred dollars that you could say, okay, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Mm, mm, but two point four million is uh, is not chump change. Mm. Um, next up. Yeah, what's what is next on the on the agenda? Um, we can we can save the world lots and lots of money by changing the font on paper oh, when we print, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, this thing. Yeah, so this this is a meme that was going around on Facebook and a few other places. You got a bit was, ranty, didn't you? Was uh, this an April Fool's meme? No, it wasn't. I did get a little tiny bit. So, but let's let's talk about let's talk about the supposition though. So, a lot of people have forwarded this. Um, there was a, a high school student in the US and um, noticed he was getting a lot of handouts and said to himself, "Geez." Um, you know, printer ink is pretty expensive. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about waste and, you know, and how much we're spending and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, long story short, he figured out that if you use a different font, you're using different ink or a different amount of ink. Yes. And therefore, you know, the cost of ink being what it is, is you could save yourself a pile of money. Right. Just by changing your default font from, say, Times New Roman 
to Garamond. Ah, which is a serif font as well, isn't it? It is a serif font and it's somewhat lighter, so it's thinner. Mm. Um, and the letters are a different shape. So, And he figured it out, you know, like using using measurement of area and stuff like that and doing a lot of cool math stuff yeah. um, to prove that this was the case. And so, of course, that got simplified into one little picture uh, <laughs> that was being shoved around on Facebook going, Dear United States Government, I can save you $400 million. <laughs> and me being a natural cynic said... <laughs> Sorry, what? We would only have it any uh, that way on Techno Gaze, by the way. Just <laughs> saying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, this, this has happened before. Like, people have gone, oh, if you print all your stuff in Century Gothic, which is another skinny little thing, you're going to save all this ink, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But does it really stack up? It goes to the question of font design and how easily read, readable it is, doesn't it? It's, it's it a, does. bit, a bit like that. And it's also about the actual sizing of the font certain aspects of the font right like the what is it the x height yeah that's right so um radio not being a very visual medium you're just gonna have to try and follow along i'm using my fingers i just realized i'm that's right you know this thing okay so when we talk about the x height we're talking about the the size of the letter x or the height of the letter x or that you know the lowercase letter lower lowercase letter x yeah. yeah so if you're using a font like garamond and if you've got it on your computer you can try this out for yourself the actual size of the letters um is a little bit smaller on that dimension and a little bit you know the same height, but smaller mm. and lighter. Now, the challenge with that is that when you are setting text in a, a font like Garamond or a, or a font like um, Century Gothic, for example, you're not actually taking up the same amount of space as, as say, Times, right? You might have to actually make it bigger so that the text is equally as legible. Ah, so it, so it, so a 10-point Garamond is smaller than a 10-point Times Roman? It, it appears smaller. Right, it's, okay. It's, I mean, it actually looks smaller because it is smaller. <laughs> Probably because it's not as thick. Well, because of the design of the <laughs> yes. letters, but also, yeah, it isn't as thick. So the legibility thing is... is um, so when you make it bigger, you're basically undoing all of this cost-saving? Well, you could be, yeah, because you're certainly going to be using a bit more paper that way, and you mm. may be just using the same amount of ink anyhow. I mean, equally, you can save money by reducing the size of, say, Times, if that's what you use, to resemble Garamond a little bit more and be a bit more compact. I just put everything in six-point Times Roman and finish, <laughs> and, give, and buy a pair of glasses. Yeah, just give everybody a magnifying glass. Sounds great. And the other thing as well is that um, he was sort of calculating it based on, on inkjet printers, and in fact, the figure was, you know, inkjet ink is twice as expensive per volume as, as French perfume which is amazing right but government departments don't don't print that way Mm. well you know if they do it's very very rarely they're all offset print offset printing so yeah you might be using less stuff but you're probably not actually literally saving 400 million dollars the number will be different and the other thing is the way that most modern laser printers are priced to businesses is that you pay a per page that's cost. That's exactly right. Whether you so, have a hundred percent black or one percent black on it, it's the same cost. Exactly. I mean, the, the company that you print with might have something to say if you are in the habit of printing that. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing, right? Like everyone talks about this, and it seems like we just have this collective sort of forgetfulness about it. But what if I told you that there was a font that someone had already invented that was designed especially to be read at smaller sizes so that you can save paper? Really? Yes. What no. font would that be, by any chance? Well, it was commissioned in the '30s for a newspaper called The Times, and it's called Times, Times New Roman. <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, look, there's there's plenty of things that you can do. I think I think what kind of got my goat about this most of all is like, oh, it's so simple, like even a kid can figure it out or whatever, you know. It's just, well, yeah, but um, it sounds simple, but have you thought about the more difficult question of should you be printing this much junk in the first place? Yes. And the answer's usually no. Maybe we should be using our screens more. Yes, 
Exactly. Particularly government. My goodness. Mm. Exactly, says he with a piece of paper in front of him. <laughs> now you are listening to Technogaze. A quick shout out to Jim from Elfington. Jim, of course, is um, a regular here at Joy. Hello, Jim. Hello, good, Jim. Good to know you're listening in. And uh, to... Um, oh, Amen yeah. for you. A, a, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who has uh, made a, a new acronym, as we like on Technogaze, PTTH. Pigeon to the home. <laughs> so we're talking about strapping, strapping memory modules to pigeons. Pigeons. Um, of course, he, he points out the only problem with PTTH is denial of service attacks for little kids with slingshots or adults <laughs> with guns. Oh. I do like that. <laughs> On that note, you are listening to Technogaze and we'll be back with more in a few moments. This is Technogaze here on Joy 94.9, where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics, gadgets and technology, and we are talking about technology today. Sure are. Um, we've, we've had a, a, a flurry of tweets. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Technogaze is the, uh, the name to follow us on. That's right. T-E-C-H-N-O-G-A-Z-E. Now, should we move on to some other news topics? We talked about fonts just before, didn't we? We sure did. How about um, Microsoft? Uh, Microsoft. Now, we've never done this before. Mm. Talked about Microsoft. We need the drum roll. Uh. (laughs) No. That's all right. Our drum rolls aren't rolling. Yes, unfortunately not. But that's okay. That's right. We've we've had whole blocks of the show dedicated to Apple or Google. Yes, but Microsoft just isn't that interesting. Yeah, but 10 years ago, you would have thought you'd have a whole show dedicated to Microsoft. Can you imagine, though? Um, so, it's it's kind of... Microsoft is doing a lot of stuff. It used to be that, that Microsoft was, you know, years and years and years and years and years of just not changing at all. And, in fact, this week's um, upcoming excitement around Windows XP... Um, is kind of the last little gasp of that. So Windows XP finally is coming to the end of its support life after 12 long years. Hallelujah. Ta-da! <laughs> yeah. it's, um, so we still don't have those hotkeys for our little soundboard, so we're just going to have to fake it. Yep. No, we've, got, we've, got, we've got Mark. He can, <laughs> That's he, right. He's the choir boy. <laughs> so um, finally this is happening. So... Um, and you'd think, well, you know, 12 years, geez, that's an awfully long time. Like, I, I, I can't even remember what I was running on my Mac 12 years ago. Mm. But um, Were there Macs back then? There were, just because you weren't playing. <laughs> Not in my field of vision. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so they're finally putting, putting away their, uh, their support things. And, my goodness, it's people are... Like, you'd think that would be okay. Yes. They've put up a whole website, haven't they, for um, determining I, whether or not you are... In case you're not sure, am I running xp.com, um, which I opened on my Mac and it, it was right. So, I, I, guess it, I guess it works as well. But 28% of web users are still using Windows XP. That's unbelievable. Oh, my God. OMG. WTF. Um, IE is still number one at 58% on the desktop, although most people using the web are, are probably a bit more up to date than uh, IE 6, which I think was the big deal with IE. But IE 6 is still 8% of all IE users. 8%. Which is crazy. It's mad. Actually, um, what I'm surprised about is that these IE 6 users still find websites that work for them. Well, work in the sense that, I mean, something that, and, and again, we're all, you know, um, fairly au fait with web development in this uh, studio today, but um, something that like we really try to do is to make it so that if you have a website that you know someone's using on Windows X, uh, sorry on IE6, you don't want to make it fail. You just want to make it 
not be as good. Mm. And I think that's really sort of, it's good, like it's the right thing to do, but, you know, why change when nothing's actually broken for you? Shouldn't you adopt the old word perfect joke, you know, when the word perfect support person rings in and they support Officer says, is your computer turned on? And they say, what does that mean? And he says, box it up and send it home because you're too stupid to use a computer. <laughs> Shouldn't that apply if you detect an IE6 user? <laughs> Just say, sorry, we're not going to serve you anything because your browser is so out of date. It's yes. actually pretty cheeky. It, well, there was that, that website by Microsoft back when IE6 was they were trying, really trying to stamp it out. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it said, you know, you need to get off this. Even mm. Microsoft it's was It's time to that. go. Yeah. It's time to put it away. Yeah. Um, I, I even saw pictures of people's cakes, like... IE6 end of life celebratory cakes. There that would happened. Be many a webmaster who would be very happy with the demands of IE6. I would happily have baked those cakes. So, but what does it all mean? So, Windows XP support, right? 30% of people are still using Windows XP. Hmm. Microsoft are not going to be releasing patches for it anymore. Uh oh. Oh no. Uh oh. Um, and also, of course, you know, you can't just sort of call Microsoft and go, hey, I'm having a bit of a drama, blah, 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 because the, the, the only thing they're going to say is, well, we're not supporting it anymore. The Windows shutters go up? That's uh, uh, The Windows <laughs> shades go down? I don't know. Uh, from, from our usability point of view, your computer will still continue to operate, but well, the biggest yeah. fear is from a security perspective. That's yes. right. Because they will become spam bots, basically. Exactly, because more and more holes into XP are going to be found, and they're not going to be patched. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's running XP out there... Please don't. Please have a think about it. Now, um, Google is trying to make a, uh, a bit of a sale out of this. So they're going, oh, oh, Windows XP. Well, actually, if you get one of our sexy little Chromebooks, um, you won't have to worry about this anymore. And it's sort of, um, it, they're sort of framing it as, you know, coping strategies, you know, mourning. Are you going to, oh, God, is it going to hurt? You know, all this other sort of stuff. Doctor, will I live, etc. So oh. they're kind of... Hamming it up a bit. They are, yeah, maybe not as hard as their Scroogled campaign where they're sort of, you know... <laughs> but they're, they're really, oh, they're trying. They're going at they're each really other, trying. aren't they? Microsoft and, and Google, they're trying to Hammer do their best in the marketing, marketing sense. Yeah, and it's true, like Woolworths is, um, Woolworths had a lot of XP... Uh, machines and in the fleet. They've announced they'll, they'll go to the uh, to the, the Chrome Google book. Chrome. Yep, or at right. least they're trying. Well, I they're think actually what doing they... it at the moment. They're actually, uh, I mean, they, them... they want they want eighty five percent of their business devices um, being Chromebooks, right? Which is amazing. Mm. It's pretty good. So if they're going to be using this to replace XP, does that mean they've still got XP running? I I would suggest that that's not surprising, considering. Um, you know, pos systems and so forth that that are very much you know they they run the company. They get the money into the into, yeah, the, into the coffers. I'm not sure that this is going to cover their pos systems because I'm fairly sure that those are sort of proprietary anyway. I mm, but having experience in another large <laughs> retailer, <laughs> yeah. I I am fully aware of some of the OSs that, that are that are in use in, in oh, those kind of Absolutely, models. yeah. And I'm not saying that they're not doing that, but I'm saying that they probably won't change that to some sort of Chrome based anything right away. Yeah. Right. That's probably not something that they're gonna muck around with. Yes. For uh, for people that really need the full Windows experience, they're gonna be using Citrix to deliver their applications All right. um through a thin client. So mm. mm-hmm. now Microsoft has also um, made a bit of a splash in the news what with their um, latest version of Office being released for a particular uh, form factor, for a particular device, in fact. The one that I thought I'd never, ever see Office on, even though they were promising. That's right. The iPad. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, in actual fact, this was... um, The the newly anointed CEO of Microsoft, um, um, Nadella, he's um, got his... um, 
so he's he's actually done a demonstration of this particular app on on you know as a keynote type thing. That's I'm right. Keynote. I, I'm using Apple terminology. No, app. because that that would be the name of their presentation software. <laughs> um, he did and give a talk <laughs> with he, with a presentation involved with, with a certain device in in his hand, That's and right. that device was not a Microsoft device. So <gasps> all of the pundits were going, "Oh wow. my, OMG, what's going on here?" Yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah, it's it's massive yeah. news from a from a Microsoft point of view. I guess you always see the CEO of um, Microsoft using Microsoft products. There's yes. never never been any other. To be fair, Microsoft software is a kind of Microsoft product, and yes. you know it, it's, it makes sense. It seems really silly for them to um, have left it this long. Um, mm. I feel like it might even be too late because Apple went ahead and made iWork sweet, you know, keynote pages, numbers. Pretty cheap or free, so. Yep, but the take up of the iPad app has been pretty good in the Apple Store, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. yeah. It well, it's free. The app, app itself is free, no. right? But you've got to pay for. I is can. that it? Well, no, it the, is you free. You things for free, you but need you have to pay, to pay to actually use it as an editing app because everything they're pushing the cloud now, so everything you do in that app in actually modified documents has to be done through their Office three six five offering. Okay, so it's view so read only is free. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so of course plenty of people are going to jump on that because, well, you know, who doesn't get emails with Word documents on them if you are in the corporate world? But you can you get read Word documents, documents anyway. Yeah. The actual benefit of having Microsoft Word will be the editing experience, I suspect. Um, we have a, a message in from Jim. Again, from Elfington. Hello, Jim. Again, um, uh, 50% of the pl- pl- corporate platforms and lots of governments are still on XP. So they can't upgrade. You know, that's interesting. I actually work for an IT department for a certain large university of the Melbourne area. And um, we obviously have a lot of desktops. And of our Windows users, pretty much everybody now is on Windows 7. Mm. And that was a process that happened some time ago. I think most people have seen this coming. There are a lot of government departments that are moving off. There probably are still plenty that are on there, and they'll have to just pretty much support it themselves. But it's not like they can't upgrade. Um, plenty of people can. The, the thing that um, you know we did is you know, from a corporate background, and we're not the fastest in terms of adopting latest technology. Yeah. But two years ago, the push was really on because that's when XP was meant to be de-supported. That's right. That's and, when it was and, supposed and to happen. And they did extend it, but. From an audit perspective, we had a requirement to have software that was fully maintainable. That's right. That's right. And I can't understand how government departments and corporates can justify to their audit committees that we're running XP that is not supported. Well, I would almost guarantee you that it's, that's what happens is they're like, oh, yeah, we've got to get off. And, you know, some people have decided, yeah, we've got to, we've got to get off XP. We've got to, um, you know, we've got to upgrade really soon. This would have happened ages ago. And, and they would have said, yep, we've got a timeline. We've got all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, what always happens is that things always seem to drag out. Like I know that our Windows 7 um, rollout um, was relatively quick, but it was taking ages in the pilot thing because a bunch of unforeseen yeah. little things turned up. You are listening to TechnoGaze here on Joy 94.9. We're covering some of the latest in tech gadgets and consumer electronics. And beep, beep. we will be back with more, including Jason on the phone, who um, will talk to us a bit about the, the latest offerings, the latest Android offerings in just a few moments. This is TechnoGaze on Joy 94.9. TechnoGaze. This is Joy 94.9, of course, and you're listening to TechnoGaze. Where we're covering some of the latest in technology, gadgets, and consumer electronics, and um, that's right. We have a whole bunch of uh, new devices out. Of course, we've got um, we've got Jason on the line as well. Hello, Jason. Are you there? Hello, I am. How are you doing? We're we're doing very well. 
Um, and uh, now you've, you've been a bit of a man about town in, in old Sydney town, haven't you? I, I have. It's, it's actually been a really busy couple of weeks with all these phone launches going on. I don't, I don't think I've actually drunk as much alcohol in the last few months as I have this week. Well, as long as it's always in, in, in moderation, I, I should hope. Now, um, you've... Um, You've actually been attending uh, some phone launches, I do believe. Uh, what's it like being being the guest of uh, some of the big tech companies around the world? Um, well, I've, I've, you know, I've never actually had it put to me that way, so it's actually kind of <laughs> makes me feel kind of important. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I mean, it, it, it's always fun getting to go to getting to go to the launch events, and you, you actually get to speak to staff from the companies that make the phones and. Sometimes you actually get some real talk from the staff on on the ground. At the uh, at the Galaxy S5 launch, I was uh, speaking with one of the Samsung uh, staffers who was you know showing me how to use the tap and pay functionality. And I said to him, "Look, I don't really like I don't really like the chrome around the phone. It makes it look like you know sort of like your your, your grandmother's dining room table with the the, the ridges and the edges on it." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I thought that as well." And I'm like, "Oh, I didn't expect you to say that." <laughs> There's no company line that they're following, perhaps. Especially when maybe, maybe, maybe not all of them. I think uh, I think if, if some of them can get away with giving you their honest opinion, if they think their managers aren't around, maybe they will. Now, so you've seen the the Galaxy S five, which is yet to be released. I understand, but they've they've done the launch so far, right? Yes. So, so the Galaxy S five was actually announced um, to the world about a, oh, a month or so ago at uh, Mobile World Congress in uh, um, Spain. But the local launch only happened last Wednesday night at the uh, Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney. Um, so it was it was a bit of a fun bit of a fun night out. They had uh, Alex Pullen and James Magnuson on hand, um, so you know it was it was fun to just sort of like watch James Magnuson wander around the room. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I mean the Galaxy S5 is what everyone was there to see. Although they didn't really have that much of a surprise in store for us because it had been about a month since it was um, since it was announced. So uh, should, should we go through the specs just briefly? Let's hear them. Yeah. Yeah, Hit us so, with them. But, so the Galaxy S5, it's a 5.1-inch 1080p display. Um, apparently, it's come out this week, but apparently it's one of the best quality displays ever used on a smartphone. So that's pretty impressive. The Galaxy S4 have, uh, had similarly high-quality, uh, you know, high praise heaped upon its screen. Um, it's got a 16-megapixel rear camera, uh, which has got it can focus really fast, and it's also got this uh, selective focus software feature, so you can take a photo of someone and you can blur out the background to just sort of draw attention to them and... Uh, you know, just focus on them a little bit more. It sort of gives you an effect like a DSLR camera but with a fast lens for portraits. Um, it's, a, it's waterproof and it's dustproof. It's got a heart rate monitor. Um, I have no idea how I'm going to use a heart rate monitor on a phone, but that's fine. <laughs> do, um, you, do you have to touch the phone to your body to get it to work? Uh, you can touch. So the heart rate monitor is actually built into the same apparatus as the camera flash. Um, and so you sort of hold your phone, you hold your finger onto the, onto the camera flash and it will take, it'll measure your heart rate that okay. way. Right. Um, wow. It seems kind of odd positioning for well, it. Well, so yeah, it's, so it's it's an interesting position for it. Um, but given the te- given what it's doing, I mean, it's basically turning the light on and it's watching, you know, sort of like uh, it's watching the blood flow through your finger, so it can you know assess your heart rate that way. Can it do wow. oxygen saturation as well? <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. It'd be, it'd be pretty cool if we could do a uh, blood alcohol content rating. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's also a uh, fingerprint scanner, um, which is kind of interesting given the earlier discussions that were occurring on the show about uh, copying features. But, uh, mm. yeah, so the uh, fingerprint is, scanner. Can I ask you, the fingerprint scanner, is it, a, is it like a... I don't know how to describe them. Is it like a single-line fingerprint scanner where you have to swipe your finger over it? or yeah. is it? 
So, so it is built into the home button. And we've never heard of this. Um, but <laughs> if you put a home button on a Samsung phone next to a home button from, uh, say, an iPhone, the iPhone actually fits your finger on it, whereas the Samsung one is sort of like a sort of a long pill shape. So yeah. you do have to run your finger over it in order to, um, in order to have your fingerprint. Right. So kind of like the laptop ones that you can get. It's sort of like that, but the, it's, it's not, you know, it, the apparatus inside is not exposed. So it is just yeah. a, it's a home button. Uh, just like any other Samsung phone. It has slightly less travel on it, so like you, you don't quite press it in as far, but I think that's also the case with the iPhone um, one as well. Hmm. Um, so the S5, it's, it's got a fairly high recommended retail price. It's like $929. It's the highest price we've ever had for a Galaxy S. Wow. Yeah. You can find it, you can find it online a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah. Yep. You have to be careful where you buy it from online. Was it the, Gal- the Galaxy S5 that they, there was some Korean company that, uh, uh, actually, uh, broke embargo mm. on yeah. on the the sale of it. Yeah, well, so, so the phone officially goes on sale April 11th around the world. But uh, a Korean carrier called SK Telecom, um, they actually they actually breached uh, Samsung's street date and they put it on sale earlier. Um, I think it was it wasn't last Thursday. I think it was the Thursday before. It was just after our Australian launch. Um, and it turns out that there's been a lot of uh, upheaval and uh, lawsuits slinging in the uh, in the Korean telecom industry. Right. And SK Telecom is actually getting a 45 day ban on accepting new customers because they were providing illegal phone subsidies. Ouch. And so, so the Galaxy S5's launch window falls right in the middle of that 45 day ban. And right. so, um, so it's sort of a question of well. You know, um, what do we do? We've, we've got stock. Let's go and sell it now before we get before we can't. Um, yeah. And so they can so they can still make a bit of money out of the S five launch because otherwise, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to sell the new flagship for a month or so. Mm. Well, how's that going to affect their relationship with uh, with them in the future? I mean, I, I don't I actually don't, I don't think it's going to affect them, their relationship at all because I actually think it's probably been done with Samsung's approval because of the, mm-hmm. the looming ban. Because Samsung wants to be able to sell, say that it's you know been a, been a really fast selling device. Um, but if if a few of the carriers aren't allowed to sell them, then it's going to affect their sales. So I reckon there's been a bit of a bit of an under the ta- under the table deal. And just go, yeah, all right, fine, put it on sale, and we'll act annoyed and surprised when you actually um, when yeah. you actually do it. The uh, the S four had a number of features like eye tracking that basically didn't work. Does the S five have similar things? <laughs> um, so you know, I. I I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. I assume that those features are there, but Samsung's been very quiet about them. Um, there are, there are, uh, there, ha- there have been instances where, like, I- I'd noticed that because uh, I've, I've had an S5 to play with, but um, I don't have one for review yet. Mm. Hello, Samsung. Um, <laughs> but hint, uh, hint, nudge, I, nudge. I, I did notice that when I was using it, yeah, there was there were a couple of times where like I'd I'd play a video and when I looked away, it actually stopped, and I looked back, I'm like, oh my god, that's actually the eye tracking working. Oh wow! Um, but I, I think it, I, so. It, it, either that, or it was just a, you know, a glitch. Either that, or it was just a bit of a glitch. I'm pretty sure it'll be in there. I can't see them removing features like that, but maybe they can make them work a little bit better. And uh, and at the launch, um, one of the one of the features was its waterproofness and dustproofness, and uh, apparently it got demonstrated quite dramatically. Yes. Um, it wasn't really. It wasn't really dramatic. They they had Bondi rescue staff on hand. That is pretty um, dramatic. 
Well, uh, in, the, in the, the show's a you know, fictional dramatisation, I don't know. Um, they, they, they basically just had a couple of tanks with some, uh, some water and with some sand in it. and uh, it, was, it was kind of funny. I was saying to some of the Osdroid guys the other day that the, the Bondi rescue staff don't really know how to like hold the hold the device? I'm, I'm like, can you put it? Can you put it in sand so that I can take a photo of it in sand? And the guy buried it in sand. I'm like, well, now it's just a pile of sand. Can't take a photo of that. There's no phone in there. So I go to sort of hold it up and sprinkle some sand, and I'm like, that's much better. Thank you. And then he wouldn't stop moving. And um, yeah. Hmm. So yeah, getting getting a photograph of the uh, of that was a bit a little bit difficult. But you know, we'll we'll tackle that with our review. Now, and, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, so we can't really go. We did want to talk about the HTC One, the, the new version of that, which I, I do believe uh, you have got your hands on. I, I do have my hands on that, and it's pretty nice. I can run through the specs quickly if you like. Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, so um, so the One M8, um, the first thing you notice when you pick it up is the amazing build quality because it's actually made from a single piece of metal and oh, it's polished nice. and brushed. It feels fantastic in the hand. Um, it's got a 5-inch 1080p screen, a little bit smaller than the S5, but no one will really notice because it's 5 inches. Let's be honest, it's enormous. Um, and the big party piece with the, uh, the 1M8 is uh, the duo camera. There's two cameras on the back. One captures depth information so that you can refocus the photo after you've taken it. But you can also use that to perform some 3D effects and, you know, very slight rotation and uh, a few other neat things where you can, like, cel-shade the background of a photo without without taking people, uh, you know, without affecting the actual subject of the photo. Yep. You can copy and paste people from one photo to another. It's pretty cool. That's way cool. Nice. It is, it is pretty cool, but it's still only 4 megapixels. Oh. If you have time, perhaps we could uh, cover this off in the next uh, show, perhaps. This sounds, this sounds like a good idea. By that time, we should have our review up on Osdroid, so I definitely come and talk to you about it. Now, of course, you are the assistant managing editor of Osdroid as well, so... Um, if That's you'd right. like to see any of other J- uh, any of Jason's work online, then you can also j- jump onto Osdroid.net. I posted a super boring article about remote desktop this morning. <laughs> You've got to sell it well, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for your time, Jason. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. Look forward to having you on again. I promise to come visit Melbourne sometime soon. We look forward to it. Cheers. Okay, bye. This is Technogaze here on Joy 94.9. Technogaze. This is Technogaze here on Joy 94.9, and uh, that, of course, signifies <laughs> we are towards the end of the show. We've got a very smart system here. It's <laughs> played it by itself. Smart, too smart for its own good. Um, <laughs> should we, is there anything to finish up with? We do have a little thing to finish up with. We do. Mm-hmm. So th- those of you who are in Melbourne town... Um, and maybe walk through the middle of the CBD might have noticed, since we're talking about shiny new phones, there's a certain large telco with a prominent corner location in the CBD with this amazing little countdown, and it makes this incessant beeping. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Do it you is, have the sample? I'm, I'm trying to get it. Get it um, does, does it drive you around the twist, Raina? Have you ever felt like this? Yes, <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's just it it's like it's like the twenty four sound, right? But it's there in the window, and the thing is, it's been going on for about two weeks, just for the you know five or six people in the world who probably don't know that there's a new Samsung phone coming out soon. Yeah, um, and it's like the twenty four. It's it's a rather annoying sound. It it 
It's kind of odd that I guess it's got us talking about it, though, right? Yeah, like if you're walking past, then yeah, that's good because you're um, obviously you're getting a chance to um, you know see this countdown and go. That's exciting. But if you are, I don't know, one of those spruikers or whatever on the corner. Yep. <laughs> that's all we have time for today. If you missed any part of the show, or perhaps you're looking to peruse previous episodes, you can do so by jo- browsing to joy.org.au/technogaze. Coming up next is a Joy News Bulletin with Shannon Gillies, followed by Cravings with the nudie foodie Pete Dillon. Who has snagged an interview with uh, Heston Blumenthal? Heston! So stay tuned for that. Some excellent listening for the rest of your Saturday afternoon. Thank you very much, Raina, for joining us on the show. Thank you. And thank you, Michael. Thanks, Mark. My cool. name's Mark. Catch you next week. Bye bye. Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.